Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the Patreons at patreon.com forward slash SC Elites and our mates at supercoachchampion.com. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express. Choo choo! That's right, Corey, the Bombs Express is back. And we've made it, Corey. We've made it. The last one. The, uh, hold on a minute. <coughs> the West Coast Eagles, Corey. And, uh, Footscray, Western Bulldogs. Look, mate, before we, uh, Tuck into this potty. Where can listeners find us on the socials? Uh, find us on Twitter and Patreon at SCLEs. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elite and YouTube as well, my friend. Uh, didn't even mean that again. Carrying over from yesterday's pod, my friend, <laughs> champ, whatever you want to call it. It's oh, no. stuck in my head now. I cannot stop it. Um, we're going to go do this the proper way. We're going to go West Coast first. Yeah, no, yeah. I'd suggest that's the proper way, yeah. yeah. Yeah, other than the Supercoach way where they've got it... Uh, the other way around. Uh, West Coast and the Western Bulldogs, Bumps. It's, uh, you know, just another riveting one. Yeah, well, Bulldogs real relevant. Um, West Coast, not so much. No. Not sure we'll have one player at any point this year from the West Coast Eagles, if I'm being brutally honest, Corey. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? I'm sure someone will pop up. It's just, look, I think the common trend is, is the better the football club, the harder it is to find a super coach goal. You can form one, though, can't you, usually? Because, mm. well, like, Essendon's not a good football club, and we haven't really found one for them either. Uh, Maybe share it. But, but, like, they're just the worst in the cl- in the league, so that just makes sense. I feel like every club would have at least one. Well, there you go. All right, mate. Well, it's, I'm glad that we're here. I don't know what we're going to do next week. <laughs> we haven't really decided yet whether we do, you know, top tens or... You know, positions or whatnot. Structure talk. Or, well, look, yeah. we might have a few other quick fire podcasts. Maybe we could have a quick fire for 78 minutes on uh, structure, Corey. Yeah, well, look, all we know is we'll get together, we'll have a chat, and yeah. uh, we'll go from there. But let's start with the West Coast Eagles today. Mate, where is your cash cow? Um, well, my cash cows are non-existent here, Corey, because I went out to the farm and there was fucking, there were no cows out in the paddock. No, and I thought, shoot well, all I could see was a few fucking llama looking fucks. And, um... <laughs> That's all there was there, Corey. There was no fucking cows. I, I think all the panic buying from the last week and a half has just fucking sent all the cows into the fucking into a quick fucking uh, death shed over there and just fucking produced on someone's plate or stored in the freezer at the moment because there's fucking nothing. Yeah, and they're a team that's probably not going to produce too much. Their window is a hundred percent now. Uh, they got a lot of players getting on in the years, and I don't think they're going to try and blood too much to to get them through this year. We look. Some pop up every now and again. We get, you know, something here and there. Um, but even I struggled, Bombs. Yeah, I reckon the one that... um, Now, this is the only one I can kind of think of. And um, he's actually a sneaky chance to make it in my team, Corey. So I don't know why I was so harsh on the Eagles right at the start there. Um, Mark Hutchins. Yeah, you think he's back? Well, is he injury-free? Oh. Do you think he's best 22, Bob? Yeah, look, I, I think with Yo out early part of the season. What did Yo do? Yo's injured. Have you not heard about this? No, osteitis pubis. Yeah, no, Yo's cooked. Fuck, they actually probably become more relevant. Yeah, see, they maybe we just there went a little, little hard, little too Here early. Here we go, get excited about the coasters. I didn't but, hear um, this. When did this happen? Oh, I reckon a week and a half. Nah, ago, so back, when it, back when I didn't give a shit. 
Oh, yeah, okay. Well, well, back when you really weren't going to research anything, were you? Um, no, but he has to be, I think, the only one. But, uh, you know, some people might say, oh, fucking, there's uh, Charlie Cameron's brother there. He's sitting at 150K. But I reckon an extra four grand, um, which can net you Mark Hutchins as a mid-forward. So he's 157 mid-forward, Corey. That's the fucking surprise in all this. Um, he might be one who's who's a sneaky chance. Now, he's never really been 100% best 22. And you know my word of the uh, priest, isn't he, Corey? The caveat. Um, I don't think a caveat applies to a 157 because he's not over 200K. So um, 157 for a bloke. Now, let's look at his history between the years 2016 to 2019. He played 17, 17, 17, and 16 games for averages of 70, 51, 66, and 50. So um, he's got some ability to maybe average in the 60s, um, but he's also got the ability there to only get 50. But let's be realistic. We're only paying an extra 30 grand, and and at least it's a name. It's a mature body. It's uh, the potential for someone there. He's obviously got a discount because he only averaged 29 last year and played three games. But um, and, you know, obviously being a tagger for most of his life as well, Corey, that certainly hasn't helped. But, um, yeah, the three games last year were obviously just deplorable. But I genuinely think, though, if there's one guy to pick, it, it's got to be Hutchins. And I dare say, if he's selected round one, going to be very hard to turn him down. How good does his super coach career look if you do it in reverse? What do you mean by that? 29, 50 odds, 50 odds goes up, 60s, second year, second and third year, 70s, and then oh, yeah. his debut year, 89. Yeah, he's never fucking even got remotely close to that, has he? So, um, yeah, it's difficult. Lock him in. If he's selected round one, lock him in. I think he has to. He almost yeah. has to be. He almost has to be locked in uh, when it comes to round one, but only because of that price point. If he's 180, I'm probably saying no, but like when it's got a one and then a five... And when we're considering players, you know, like Will Kelly, 135, it's not only an extra 20 grand from him or, you know, fucking even someone like Jarman Impey or Danaher, who, um, you know, the injury history with those blokes, even though their scoring potential might be more, um, if you're really struggling and looking for 60 to 90 grand, you might even downgrade one of those to, to Mark Hutchins, even Zeeble down to Mark Hutchins, I dare say. Yeah, you know what I like about this? And I like it that you said when he was 180, you'd think about it. He's that prime example of uh, pods gone past where we sit there and be like, oh, you know, if he was 40 grand cheaper, I'm probably taking a dip. Well, this is the case that it is. He is yeah. 40 grand cheaper and he's 100%. Mate, round one picked, lock him in. Chuck it away. I didn't know he was ready to go. Yeah, no, he's ready to go. Yeah, yeah that's not an issue. Yeah. There you go. I uh, mean, the thing is, he's, he's just a tagger. 34. Yeah, but I mean, how? Oh, they, look, they can do it enough, mate. Correct. He can tag his way to, to a sixty. Yeah, and you know what? All you need is one or two seventies in a row, and and that'll get him the boost he needs at some point in time to get him, you know, making a hundred grand to one hundred and fifty grand for us, which is enough then just to say thanks for your services, Hutcho, and fuck off now. Uh, there's always the worry though, because. I mean, do you, do you think that Jack Petricelli will get more midfield minutes? Do you think maybe no, like a Rotham no. or a Waterman might go up the middle? Because they bought, um, who's the young, uh, Zach Langdon. They bought Zach Langdon over to come be that pressure forward. So do you think someone from the forward line might go get a little bit more midfield minutes with Yo, or is it Hutchings' is you go tag? I mean, Liam Duggan is a prime example. He, he, how good was his back end of the year? Um, and someone yeah. that, you know, is my mid-pricer that I was going to talk about. Um, 
you know, they brought in um, Alex Withenen as well. They brought in these play these now players. So you think Hutching's still best? Are you confident? Um, is he top? What best twenty two? Yeah. No, I don't think he's. I mean, if they had their best best team out there, um, no. But how often is a team able to put their best best team out there? I mean, there are always injuries, there are always form concerns. When it comes to this whole forward mid talk and and that kind of stuff, I don't believe in it. I think you know they they got Langdon over to play a role because they weren't satisfied with what um, Petrocelli and some of the others were ultimately doing with their opportunities. And I think for them, they just don't play senior football. Okay, I think Petrocelli plays. Jared Brander plays, I think. But oh, Brander for sure plays. They've, I mean, they've just got football. that player now that they want it. And I think I think they got someone like Zach Langdon. Is, he's going to go in there and set the bar. He's going to go in there and say, this is, this is as a, as a def, you know, defensive forward, pressure acting forward, this is how hard you need to work. Yeah, correct. Because yeah, he's a hard um, worker. Not super coach, rather. He's a hard worker. You know, is Willie very old? I know he's banned, but is he able to train with the club? Uh, I think he is now. Okay, cool. I so, I mean, that, that, that'll that help on the track, and uh, I think that might be a little juicy next year too, Corey, because he's priced at 296 this year. I imagine with no games played and another discount, he might be about 200 next year. Yeah. You said Jared Cameron before too. Stay away from that. Yeah, I mean, real sort of small um, forward pocket kind of player, ain't yeah. he? But, um, I mean, that's, that's the sort of player you'd have to be looking at, I think, if you weren't looking at Hutchins for a... Um, West Coast rookie, and, and I've, I do got some good sources over in Perth, Corey. I, I released Jared Brander to everyone this this point last year, didn't I? Uh, I don't know. You really released it, but yeah, we'll go with. No, that, that was a big release, Corey. <laughs> okay. I'll show you with that one. I can't believe you haven't given me credit for releasing Brander last year. Oh, it was out and about. You just said he'd be a midfielder. You loved it. You were all about him. So I, I told, I him. He's your boy. I told everyone that he was going to be the around one. Oh, you mean in that aspect? Sorry. Yeah. You know, you did, you no, now I couldn't give a fuck about him, Corey. I've already fucking cut my thighs <laughs> with him. Fucking useless piece of shit he was. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, promise the world, delivered nothing. Uh, you mid pricing, my friend? No, no, no. Same as, uh, same as you, my friend, there, uh, when you said just before that you were looking at Liam Duggan. Um, now, Liam Duggan, in another year where probably Zach Williams wasn't an option, um, that's the that's the guy I'd be selecting at that price point, to be honest. Um, even if he doesn't get the midfield time, he upped his average by about 18 last year, and I think he can go up again another seven or eight this year. Um, a bit of hype about him. So Deserve. he's my mid-pricer, but he's also my do-not-touch because I don't think he's going to be good enough, and I don't think he's going to do what people expect him to do in terms of really kind of going next level. I think it might take another year or two, but um, I think he's still going to improve on his average, though. Yeah, so first half of the season, his highest score was 76, which, oh, sorry, 79, which came in round 7, 76 in round 1. After round 8, he went out and put a 115, 102, 51, which was shit 117, 102, 117, 84, 97, and then an 80 in the finals. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So five of his last, how many games did I say that was? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Five of his last eight games, 100 plus, with three of them over 115. Yeah. No, no, he's a he's a very good ball user, so he'd be kind of conducive to a good kind of super coach game because of meters gained and um again another left footer, Corey. I love these left footers. Um just this I think there's a lot of Andrew Gaff about him. Uh, I mean just in 
Yeah, just in terms of even the way they run sometimes, he's a bit bigger than Gaff, but I just I just always, when I look at them, I just think he reminds me a lot of Andrew Gaff. And um, I think one day he might become the natural kind of replacement there for Gaff on that wing, but um, I don't think it's going to be this year. Yeah. I reckon we get sucked into midfield talk way too much when it comes to halfback flankers. And um, I say that because how many halfback flankers really kind of proper transition into the midfield yeah. and really kind of so, keep on? But off the, off the halfback flank, he's a fantastic ball. Like, I think... Yeah, he's good off the halfback flank. Yeah, yeah. and I, you know that Shannon Hearn role? I think that's Duggan's now. Yeah, I think he's, yeah. I mean, to me, they're not the same player, but in, in terms of uh, ball users, ball is that what you mean? In yeah, terms of yeah. finding someone to yeah, use well, the ball? Well, it's him. Yeah, it's it's give the ball to Duggan, Duggan will use the ball. Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, not everything, not every play is going to run for him. So people can't be expecting Jake Lloyd-type breakouts, Doherty-type breakouts and all that kind of stuff. Um, he's going to be what he's going to be, and I think what he's going to be is a little more improvement and then a little stagnant for a period of time before then he might pop off. I'm just not um, fully sold that this is someone you should be buying in your classic teams. But he is the guy you need to speak about because people are obviously talking and wanting him, um, but also he does present value at his price as well. Prime example, 50k cheaper. Oh, 50k cheaper, you start. Yeah, 100%. If he's 398k, fucking lock. Your primo? Um, they've only got one, Andrew Gaff, and they've only had one for fucking a number of years because any fucking idiot out there that wants to, you know, say, oh, fucking Elliot Yo's good or fucking Luke Shuey and all these kind of players, they only average around about 100, and, and Gaff usually does that as well. The difference with Gaff is he probably does 105 to 107 a little more often, which when you look at the last three years, 108, 107, 106. Um, Plays a lot of games over his career. Um, so since 2012, Corey, he's only missed five games. No, six games, that is. So, yeah, that's a lot of footy over a long period of time. Um, and will, again, just average 30 touches a game and probably in and around that 108. He is just underneath what you want in terms of a premium midfielder. Yep. If he was five points better the last three years, he'd be a lock on every single year. So five and five points doesn't sound like a lot, does it? No, but he could do that. You know, yeah, he'll, he have, could. he'll have a year where it's, you know, one one fifteen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and I agree with that. And it could be could well and truly be this year. I think he's priced juicily. I think he's priced just about right though. Yeah. For what you buy. Oh look, if I seen a team to start the year and they showed me Andrew Gaff in there, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, you're not gonna roast him yeah. for it. Yeah. He doesn't score a lot of big scores. Like no, last year the, there was the Clayton Oliver kind of Mold, yeah, not as Clayton good. Oliver you know. can, Clayton yeah. Oliver's shown he can really kind of go but next level. You know level. what I mean? Like he, you know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, and he's um, he's not great against the tag either. This fella. Oh, so, man. um, according to FanFooty.com.au, Corey tagged three times last year for a top score of 83, and the other two scores are in the 60s. So, um, when not tagged, seems to go all right. Um, and three scores, sorry, four scores above 130 last year as well is well probably six is the number you want i reckon from your really kind of top midfield guys i reckon but gaff's the kind of guy at mid eight that can round out a midfield he's he's probably not the guy i want to start with because the guy you want to start with you want to be able to 
sort of comfortably say they got one ten minimum in them, and then they kind of have those bigger scores and stuff. Um, you know, potentially a captaincy option and and all that kind of stuff. Gaff's just your cruise control the entire year. What he's worth now is what he'll be worth at the end of the year, and um, he's a nice kind of round out to your to your midfield. But for me, he doesn't start the midfield. Electric, Does that make sense? Yeah, electric start and electric finish. 119, 137, 170, 112, and then the finish of 154, 133, 101. He's a, he's a, he's a patch player, though, isn't he? Because, like, I read those first four, and then his next four, 83, 67, 90, and then yeah. the 130, 66, 96, 94, and then, you know, another big patch, and then a, a down. So you have to expect a couple of ups and downs with Gaff, like you said, because the games where they want to tag him, tag him hard, that they will, and they'll tag him out of it. And no Elliott, yo, early probably helps. Because he's another player that's susceptible to attack, is Elliot Yo. Yeah. So if Elliot Yo's not there, you know who the tag is going to. Yeah, because I don't think they're tagging Shui, um, nah. and they didn't really bring anything else across. And to be fair, not a lot of teams that play taggers anymore anyway. So um, he might kind of be okay in that respect as well. But uh, yeah, like I said, man, I think with him, it's just one of those guys that you don't start them, but you can kind of round out your midfield with them. Yeah, and I would knock anyone start them. What about Tim Kelly at 517? Any chance he can get back to Geelong, Tim Kelly? Nope. No. Yeah, cool. Uh, mine was also Gaff. Um, you do not touch? Uh, Nick Nat? Is anyone oh, else? Fuck, that was mine too. I thought you would have gone elsewhere. Oh, okay. I can go elsewhere if you want. Ah, Shannon right. Earn. Well, yeah, well, you can well, not touch Elliot Yo. People on the program know how much. Actually, no, it gives me a chance to fucking rip into Yo. Yo's fucking shit, Corey. Yeah, um, well, he's injured, so I can't see him touching him anyway. Yeah, so he's not going to touch him. I'd people avoid Witherden. Yeah, avoid Witherden 100% as well. And I think people actually need to avoid Duggan, to be honest, because he's not going to reach the heights that people uh, out there at the moment are, are talking about him um, reaching. Can we just say safely, just avoid anyone from West Coast over 200k? Yeah, apart from Gaff, I reckon, yeah. But yeah, and even then, it's almost a void. Saying not start, yeah. I'm not saying not start. I'm saying round out, yeah. Uh, outlandish statement. Um, West Coast Eagles. Um, fuck, this one's a hard one, actually. Um, fucking, what have they got there? Josh Kennedy. Um, what's he gonna do? Nothing. They're fucked. No, hey, don't even worry about it. I don't even know an outlandish statement for him. Um, just fucked. Just, just pretty much fucked. They're yeah. just. Do they not feel irrelevant? Oh, I think they'll be in and around the four. All right, how's this? Nick Nat to do his ACL round two. That's probably not outlandish. <laughs> um, oh, gee, oh, Liam Duggan, top six. You know what's, you know what's shit about this? Because with the outlandish, you want you want there to be a one or two percent chance of anything happening. You know, when you say the, the outlandish. Yeah. When I'm it came to them. Bit, I'm normally a little bit more outlandish than you are. Yeah, but when it came to them, it was just like fucking... Oh, they're fucked. Yeah, they're just... There's nothing that's a 1% or 2% chance, you know what I mean? Like, it's just no good. Uh, doggies, mate, you're... Uh, Thank cash... God this is here. Sorry? Thank God this is here. Yeah, do we need to extend this by another two hours? No, no, this might be a 16-hour um, segment here. Yeah, let's go. You cash cow. Um, I'm going to take the easy route. Jamara Ugalagan for you. Wow, okay. Um, well, simply because number one draft picks do not not play games. So that means he plays games. think his scoring will be shit, but he's someone from the dogs that's um, 
cash cow sort of priced, probably make you a hundred, I reckon, an absolute maximum, and that's why I'm not going to be paying like two ten k for him. Yeah, um, I would have gone with Cody Waitman, the excitement machine from last year. He had a couple of games, another preseason in his belt. Um, they like the kid, they like his work ethic. Uh, a lot of Toby Green about him, hair, attitude. I mean, the hair's a little bit longer, but if you cut it, he'd probably look like Toby Green. Uh, flair, pizzazz. He's probably got a white line fever. He's probably a bit of a cocksucker as well. So, uh, Cody Waitman is one that I like. But 173, again, I just I don't, I don't know how you touch it. Um, your mid-pricer? Yeah, because they've got players. They've got all their um, guys that might play in terms of their cash cows. They're kind of all above 150K. You know, your yeah. Kavaras and your fucking Waitmans and your Eagle Agans and all these kind of peanuts. Um my mid-pricer for the dogs, well, isn't that a little bit obvious who that might be there, Corey? Uh, who is it? Oh, I thought it might be obvious, but I'm just going to request one small favour from you. Yeah. I'm going to need to borrow a little bit of money. <laughs> oh, we're going over, are we? <laughs> Wait, why are you laughing? Yeah, let me know. A little bit of money. Yeah, when I say a little bit of money, I might mean a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, because... Borrow I away, go... my friend. I want to go all the way to about 560,000. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they've got, look, they've got fucking no one. Let's face it. In terms of mid prices, I mean, we can sit here and say something about Toby McLean, how he's going to wind back the clock to, you know, two or three years back or fucking, you know, old mate Ed Richards, who all of a sudden is going to dominate off a back oh, plane. Red for Ed. We can fucking talk about Mitch Wallace, who's all of a sudden going to get some more midfield time because it's not like they just brought over Trelaw or anything like that. I mean, we can talk about a number of these guys, Corey, but they're all fucking, they're all irrelevant, aren't they? Do you reckon Steph Martin gets a gig in the ruck? They've, they, they, yes. They did not bring him over for him to specifically not play. 272. No, you can't do that though, can you? God damn it. I would, I would assume not. Over Bruce? Is that your thing, solution? Last thing I'd want to be doing is running Steph and Martin. Oh, I mean, drop to the um, yeah. yeah, go look, go up to the go up, go up. No, 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 I won't because we do need to pick a mid price up. But look, let's be factually honest. If you're picking anyone from the dogs that's mid price, you've lost your you lost your marbles. No, you have because yeah. the defenders are no good in terms of mid prices. The forwards are no good. The racks are no good, and the mids are no good. Yeah. And you know, when you look at the mid price, you think, all right, maybe if Trelaw didn't come into the club, I might be able to have a few words about Lapinski, Corey. Mm. But it's like, well, fucking Trelaw did come. So I can't waste my time with Lipinski, can I? Yeah. Uh, let's go to the primos, mate, because I think we're going to spend a bit of time here. All right. Option number one. Primo, Josh Dunkley. This bloke wanted to leave the club. Obviously, you know, obviously it's, uh, we all know the reasons why that, you know, oh, you know, fucking, I want to play midfield. I'm, I don't want to fucking play in the ruck. Well, they fixed it. They brought in a second ruckman in Steph Martin. And um, so he's not playing ruck anymore. We can assure you of that. And I think what's going to happen in this midfield, because this is where all this conversation is going to center around, is their midfield. Bontem Pally, for me, will spend another 10% game time forward and will be a forward super coach next year. I'm like 100% on that. Yep. Okay. Um, you think about what they might have lost through the midfield, you know, in that 10% with Bont. Might be a bit of dash and a bit of speed, but they've got players coming on like Bailey Smith, um, and obviously they've brought in Trelaw, who's got pace and speed. You know, obviously the kicking skills might not be at the elite level of the Bonds, but um, 
that's neither here nor there right now, I would have thought. Um, so it begs the question, what happens with Dunkley? Because I don't think he's on, I know he's on this two-year contract. Surely, surely they cannot make this bloke so unhappy again by sitting him forward or using him in a ruck if they only decide to play one ruckman every other week, that he just says to them at the end of the fucking year, I'm going now. And and there is no way I can come back. Because when you look at their midfield and you think about players like Tom Liberatore, how old is he? Fucking 30 already? Well, uh, you know yeah. what? Fuck him off somewhere else and just play Josh there. And I know that might upset a few people because they're all like, well, he shouldn't be fucking demanding where he's playing. He shouldn't be doing this. He should just be doing what he's fucking told. And you know what? In many respects, those people, that's a fantastic opinion because I sort of agree with you on that too. But at the same point in time, when you've got a bloke who can clearly win the ball like he does, remember the podcast back when we spoke about Crips? Just let him fucking use his one wood. Well, fucking Essendon fuck this up. I just want to say that again. They did. How they did not pay two fucking first-rounders for him, I've got no idea. For your little boy Perkins. Oh, for fucking who? For fucking Perkins and... What would they have to give up? Probably a few... They would have to give a future first in that. So they probably gave up this year's number one pick, but, you know, that's that's no guarantee to turn into a, a superstar anyway. But Josh Dunkley, for me, starts in my team because I think, all right, well, what's the worst that can happen with old Dunks? He doesn't increase his midfield time and things kind of remain the same. Well, that means he essentially will produce what he produced last year, which was still a triple figure average. And if you're telling me he's going to average a triple figures um, and he's priced at, you know, 560, then yep, I'm okay with that because for me, yep, that's top six forward. No significant injury history to worry about. I know he missed six games or so last year, but there's nothing in the preseason. There's no kind of prior history of him um, having other issues. Then, yep, yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll pay that, and I'm comfortable with that because I think there there could be a lot of upside there. That that could be 115 if he kind of gets the role that he's having a big old sulk about. Um, who misses out though? Yeah, no, 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 because that's the question. Because how do you fit Bailey Smith, <clears throat> Tom Liberatore, Josh Dunkley, Jack McRae, Bontempelli, Hunter, Trelaw, Lipinski, um, oh, and Wallace can actually play forward, so that's right. Yeah, but Wallace sort of like, 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 like that's eight players, and a lot of them are predominantly midfielders. McRae can go to a wing, Bont can play yeah. forward. Yeah, I think... But that's Bont- still six pure midfielders that are going to try and split these minutes. Josh Dunkley's really the only one that can play forward. Two years ago, <laughs> and I know this is a different kind of position, right? But two years ago, they didn't mind Lockie Hunter behind the ball. Might have even been three years ago. And then he sort of, you know, came back up and pushed sort of through the wing and, you know, he's obviously a good asset kind of there. I'm not surprised if Hunter pushes back to a, a back flank or plays behind the ball, Bailey Smith takes a wing and McRae takes more time on the other wing. Because I think as well, you know, Yelopinski's, and just through your rotation, Yelopinski's and these kind of guys, they play on the wing as well, right? The other thing is um, we're thinking in terms of midfielders, wing, wing, ruck, three centres. That's five players. We also need to think about it from this perspective. The games are rolling fucking more, which means there's often 16 players, eight from each team, around the footy. 
So they actually can have eight players or eight midfielders around the ball because of the way the zones are set up. It's really only going to affect the center bounce kind of stuff before yeah. the game gets into that whole fucking defensive shit. <sighs> my worry, the though, my yep, worry is that there's, there's so many of the same type of player. Strongly disagree. Strongly disagree. McRae is not entirely similar to Bond. No, no, who's no, no, not no. similar so, to McCray, Trelaw. McRae and Bond are the only two different. What, you're telling me then that Trelaw is the same as Dunkley, who's the same as um, Libba, who's the same as Bailey Smith? No, no, no. no. They've got a lot of variety. They're extractors. Well, how many, team, how many teams actually have multiple extractors, though? Because well, and, that's my, and that's my worry. Not, not many. I don't think they've overdone it. I actually don't think they've overdone it. I think in terms of the center bounce stuff, they, that's going to be impacted. And I think that potentially impacts Bont. And I think that potentially impacts McRae because I think McRae potentially pushes out to the wing and doesn't McRae get the McRae 100% the goes to a wing. He, he, he's the only one that can really go out there and run the wing. Yeah, yeah. And, bon, and, I, and Bont's playing more forward. That's yeah, that, And that's I think Hunter a little but bit behind the ball. I think is too. Yeah. Look, he's going to have full time. I'm not disputing that. I just think when they when he talks about his role and he wants to be you know midfield and all this kind of stuff, let's say he's because to get what forward eligibility, you need to have 35 percent. I think time as a forward line player, didn't he? So let's say his split last year was I don't know 50 percent midfield, 35 percent forward, and you know 10 percent ruck or so. I don't, the maths probably doesn't even line up, but something like that. Maybe the ruck time just goes to the midfield. I think he was genuinely worried that being thrown in ruck contests, he was either getting hurt, getting beat, or just felt like, fuck, this is like the most pointless role ever. What am I even doing here? And I think that is automatically going to be taken away from him no matter what. By bringing Martin in. By bringing Martin in, 100%. Yeah. And so with Bond, you know, it might only be 5, 6, 7, 10% more time in the forward line, and then they don't play a player, potentially someone like Lipinski, because they've got to fit Trelaw yeah, in. Yeah, someone has to go. Someone well, has Lipinski, to go oh, out. Lipinski has to go figure out a new element. To That's game. right. Maybe he becomes yep. an exclusive half forward or, or something like that. They'll shift the pieces around as necessary. But they have a lethal midfield. Um, and I think at the end of the day, Dunkley will go back to what he was in 2019. Yep. Uh, underpriced? I think correctly priced because... When I say he's going to go back to what he was in 2019, it's not going to be exactly the same as that. It's still going to be um, probably with a bit more kind of forward time. And there's not going to be that just that exclusive kind of extractor in the midfield, um, as you put it. Um, so I think he's rightly priced because, look, he might only average 104, 105 on the season. But this is someone – so when we, when we look at the upside, I don't think he's going down, but he's potentially going 10 points up. And yeah. so that's what makes it a really nice pick for me because I think I'm not not paying overs. I don't think I'm losing points. I'm getting top six. Injury history pretty good. So I'm ticking a lot of boxes here. And I've got a potential 10-point improvement as well. Not to mention, too, Bailey Smith can go play forward as well. Yeah, I, I think Bailey Smith will be um, almost exclusively a winger. And, and Hunter's the one that I've seen before play behind the ball. No, good no, ball no. user. Because they've lost he's suckling. Not, he's not coming off the wing. You reckon? No chance. So who no replaces chance. Suckling? Uh, not not Hunter, not Lockie Hunter. Interesting. No, no way that guy moves off the wing. He's the best wing. He's he's the best winger in the league. 
Gee, that is a fucking talk about outlandish statement. Yeah, he's, he's better than Gaff. He's better than all of them. He's wow. such an underrated footballer. Okay. Yeah, um, there is zero chance. I think Bailey Williams, you know, not replaces. But Suckling, Suckling didn't play most of last year. And played forward. Did Suckling play? Oh, yeah, he did play yeah. forward last year. Who was in there? Who came into their defence last year? Bailey Williams stood up and took a bigger role on. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yep. Look, there are five, this is my other question. Is Have a look at the top 10 dog players. You know, so price-wise, McRae, Bont, Hunter, Trelaw, Libba, Josh Dunkley, Tim English, Caleb Daniel, Bailey Smith, Bailey Williams. They can't all score 100 every week. No, they can't. That's for sure. Tim English is not going to do it. I think Hunter's going to have a significant drop-off. I'm not as... I think Hunter is almost under 100 this year, if I'm being brutally honest. 95 to 100. Um, and I think, you know, Trelaw's already got an injury. I mean, he's probably only going to play 15 throughout the year. So that's... If that, if that. Yeah. So that's like seven games you don't have to worry about, you know, all this kind of transition and, you know, potentially someone else misses a game here or there. I don't think... Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's certainly interesting what's going to happen. I just don't... I think... We're potentially overthinking a lot of it. Yeah, um, and and this is why, like, I'm sitting here and asking these questions and challenging it, because I like the Dunkley pick. Like, yeah. I, I do like it. It's it's you just the more questions we ask like this, the the closer we get to the answer. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think the one I don't touch. Well, there's two of them I don't touch. There's three of them actually. I think the only ones you can touch are McCray and Dunkley. I agree. Even if McRae pushes out to the wing, few less contested, few less tackles, I think McRae's still good enough to get one tennis. So many because, of McRae's possessions are around the ground anyway. Yeah, at, loves at, a little at, mark like kick. Like you're saying, at those contests and things like that. Yeah, loves a mark kick. And Dunkley as a forward means um, he's obviously uh, eligible too. I'd wait and see on someone like Bont. Um, not comfortable with Trelaw as a selection, kind of even if injury-free, to be honest. Although... Well, he's not playing round one. I was going to say maybe give a big fuck you to Collingwood, but he can't play round one. Well, he might not play round one. Um, and I think Hunter has a significant kind of decline. Bailey Smith probably maintains what he's currently doing. Yeah. Uh, and, and That's kind of my take on what's going on anyway. Um, but even then, I think McRae at 650, I'm, if McRae was 600, I'd start him. But at 650, it's... I'm just asking too many questions now um, because I, I'd love to do a little deeper analysis and, and maybe I will in terms of um, games in which he sort of spent more time on the wings. I mean, that's going to take a lot of research to do, I would have thought, but I'll, I'll see what I can do in that kind of space. What his kind of points were like when he was um, when he was on the outer. Um, the thing with Trelaw as well. Great. Yeah, sorry. That's what I was going to push on. Trelaw, do we think that Trelaw... What? How? How much of an impact is Trelaw going to have? Is he going to play? What will he do to the others? Can we get a little bit of you know your insight on yeah. Trelaw and yeah, where you are with that? Yeah. So look, what I reckon um, might happen with Trelaw is they will start to use him as more of a link kind of player. So you know, Collingwood, he when he did it sporadically, he looked really good in terms of, okay, here's Trelaw, he's on the break or he's on the run, um, let's hand him the ball, let's let him use his pace. Um, I think one of the strengths of the dog's midfield is they don't necessarily have any really poor ball users. 
And I think at the end of the day, when you haven't got any really poor ball users and you add a poor ball user into the equation, he's got to then be used with another one of his assets. And I think his asset is pace. So I think he becomes um, more of a link-up kind of player and handball um, sort of chain player, if that makes sense. Uses his pace to help break the lines, but doesn't necessarily kick the ball. And leaves the kick into players like Hunter McRae, Caleb Daniel, Bailey Smith, Bonson Pally, all these kinds who can actually use the footy. Um, is That's probably where I kind of see that um, so, hitting. So would we correlate that with kind of almost an inflation to, not inflation, but like Dunkley McRae's points, plays it, who could get a little bit more of those, you know, one, two handballs going, then they're now going to have more metres going and kicks inside 50. Do you think that'll be better for them? Um, not for McRae, Dunk- Dunkley can't fucking run, let's face it. Um, you know, he'll sort of extract and, and get contested footy, but he won't do a hell of a lot in terms of the, the running sort of patterns of the game. But, um, yeah. <coughs> Sorry, that's that's kind of just where I stand on the issue, man. What about Caleb Daniel? No one's talked about Caleb Daniel. Yeah, because have you seen the defender options? Too expensive as well? No, nah, fuck no. No, no, no. Caleb Daniel's a great option. Um, but... When you when you think about Caleb Daniel, you probably think of someone who maxes at around the hundred average, which again, um, it's almost a bit like Gaff. You probably don't want to start him, but you certainly got no issues rounding out your defense. Um, maybe in the back end here with, with Caleb Daniel, I don't think he can go 110, 115. I just think they they're going to put time and work into him um, because he he sits on a totally separate line. So even though Trelaw come in, it doesn't mean that less time gets put into Daniel. I still think time gets put into Daniel because they will launch from the back line um, a fair bit of the time still. And Caleb Daniel just harshly done by because there are players called called Led, Lloyd, um, fucking Ryan, Whitfield, Zach Williams at 100K cheaper even. Um, There's just a whole bunch of um, sexy defender picks. Well, that's a pretty in-depth team. Hang on. Oh, no, yeah, midfield. Say, does Tim English get any better with hit to those players? Another year as a ruckman. No, no put any size? No. You know, I would have selected Tim English this year. I promise you I would have. If what? If there was no Stefan. If Martin didn't go there. Yep. 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 The moment Stefan retires, I promise you I'll start him in my ruck. Yeah. Just because he can do it around the ground as well. And... Man, he can do nothing in, ter- in terms of fucking actual ruck work, and the bloke still somehow <laughs> scored fucking 200 in a game last year. Yeah. He's a fucking insane. He's insane around the ground for his size. Um, it's just a shame about his ruck work. You'd hope that he'd be able to work on that over the next few years. And you'd think, though, with the midfield at his feet, he should be doing a lot better as well. Oh, 100%. Do you think he'll predominantly play as a forward? No, no, no. I think um, they still they he still needs to. I think it'll almost be a fifty fifty split because Steph Martin's very mobile around the ground. And didn't Steph Martin before he fucking came to Brisbane wasn't he centre half forward at the D's? Uh, potentially. I can't even remember that far back. I've got a feeling he wasn't even a ruckman when he went to Brisbane. And then Brisbane said, no, nah, here you go. You're fucking playing in the ruck. And well, I'll tell you what, he couldn't. Dominated. He could, you know, I watch, watch a lot of Brisbane lines and fuck me, he couldn't kick a set shot to save his life. So he was a forward. There was probably a reason they got rid of him. 
Yeah, so maybe Tim English does play a bit more four, but I think it's basically a, a 50-50 split and it's a supporting role, it's a coaching role, it's a mentoring role. I think there are going to be periods of time where Tim they just pick Tim English as solo ruck. Um, yep. if I'm yeah, yeah, well, he'll have to have games where he sits out. Yeah, I mean, if Stefan Martin can't even fucking ruck in the same team as fucking Oscar McInerney, like, fuck me dead, Corey. I mean, what do the Bulldogs think of Tim English if fucking... Oscar McInerney can rock solo. You know what I mean? I think that's a pretty clear message they'd be sending. <laughs> yeah. All right. You do not touch for the doggies. Um, Bond and Trelaw, if I can have two. Yeah. Obviously, Liber and Hunter and things like that as well. Yeah, big time. Um, and I'm, I'm a big part. Avoid Bailey Smith for those that get sucked into nostalgia. Yeah. He's not a Ford, obviously. Yeah. <sighs> I don't Josh that. Dunkley. Josh Dunkley. I think he's back in. I think he needs to be. I mean, the news with Marshall um, and the information a couple of days ago around. Did you hear Chris Scott, what he said about Dangerfield? Uh, yeah, yeah. The... That he's going to be a midfielder. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yep, so I think that might have been back on um, Wednesday night, might have yep. been on the news. And they were talking to Chris Scott, and they uh, pretty much said Dangerfield's role, and he said midfield. And I think the moment that happened, his increase should have increased. <laughs> oh, sorry, his ownership should have increased. So I think Danger Dunkley Martin with Marshall's injury should be the most popular kind of forward line setup if you're running three primos. Yeah, because you get the discounted price too on the Dunkley Martin over a side bottom or someone else as well. 100%. Oh, that was a good pod. Um, it was we're okay. Not we're not done, but your outlandish statement. Um. No, no, Josh Dunkley will ruck 14% of the time this year. <laughs> <laughs> and then Essendon, Essendon will, will straight trade Draper for Dunkley yes. postseason. Genius, genius. Like, I mean. um, yeah, the, the wheels fall off the dog's wagon. They don't make the eight. Is it me? or I actually don't mind it because I almost feel there's something unsettling brewing at that club. I'm not. I can't put my finger exactly on what it is, but I, I just hope for their sake that this kind of stuff with Dunkley and wanting out and demanding kind of where he plays, I hope it doesn't become a fucking ego battle between Beveridge and Dunkley in terms of no, you fall back into line dunks and you just do what I fucking say. I am the coach. Um, I hope it doesn't fall into that because that would destroy the club from inside out because their midfield, as it reads right now, is enough to take them to a prelim final. Well, and that's the other thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know any of these people personally, but I don't think their leadership doesn't scream out either. They're not a club that have a lot of leaders, like on-field leaders. Yeah, I mean... There'd be people out there that would say Bont's a, a good leader. And, and that's my alarming problem. That that yeah. your your best leader is a what 24, 25 year old now, which which is fine. But you know, you look at players like Liber and you know Wallace, and they haven't been. I don't know. They don't really show fantastic leadership qualities. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think. Yeah, there's no kind of aura um, yeah. about them. I, I do know what you're saying, but I've just got a. F- a feeling about beverage um and i almost feel i know who do i sack the other day i got someone sacked ken ingley yeah i got a feeling that 
if things in the I, I just think tensions are rising something's boiling over there and um beverage is is going to be on the way out like within two years okay there you go I'll just just a feeling I've got Strong statements. Um, and look, I think this was a good pod because I think there was a lot of discussions with things that a lot of people, a lot of people are thinking about and, um, you know, questions that people might have had. You've done a pretty good job in answering, Boss. It was more of an Is interrogation it? at you to go defend yeah. Dunkley more than anything. Yeah, it did, it did feel that way. Cool. And they're my favourite. <laughs> um, let, let me ask you. Let me interrogate you, my friend. Um, okay, champ. Would you... Would you <laughs> Would you be okay with someone not starting any dogs players because they were that paranoid about what's going on over there? Yes, I'd be fine with that. On the basis of what? Wait and see. On the basis that you're not picking any of these players much more expensive than what they already are. And I think so. So, so my yeah, sorry, yeah. So my argument is here. All right, your forward line. You don't pick Josh Dunkley. He's five sixty. He's probably going to be around five sixty again. For most unless he pops, yeah. Unless he really, really... And then, in which case, you're happy to pay the extra 60k. Because it's yeah. wait and see. You know? You pass on McRae, you pass on Trelaw, you pass on all those others. You get a look at him anyway. You're not going to be paying any more than what they are now. Dunkley's the only one that could happen. And I, I don't know if it will. Um, And that's why I don't mind the wait and see. Because is, it... is there much difference between Josh Dunkley... And Sidebottom, for instance, on the season. Or Josh Dunkley and Zorko on the season. You know what I mean? Like, or yeah. what was Josh Dunkley and um, Marshall before? Like, was yeah. there going to be a lot of difference between those players? Probably not. Yeah, I know what you're saying. McRae, though, it's bizarre to think a guy at 650 um, hasn't missed a game in two years. His last three years, he's gone 127, 123, 121. And it's kind of like, let's. Well, fucking wait and see with him like he's that's why I say him and Dunkley are the only ones you can kind of select because McRae's got it done for a period of time and I know you've got to rob Peter to pay Paul but how much do you want to rob Peter you know what I mean well I think the issue then we came with McRae was that you had to have Lloyd you now have to have Gordon Grundy and Clayton Oliver is probably a safer pick than McRae so I think, I think McRae, yeah, I think Clayton Oliver is, yeah. So I think that's where that kind of aspect comes into it. You, you know, like, you didn't have to have Gordon Grunny. Like, we say we could have Bruce there. Then I'm like, you know what, fucking pay up. He's three. He's fucking three years in a row, though. At I know. 120 plus, know. 121 plus. But that's the same. Right? I've got no problem if people want to run both Dunkley and McRae. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the only combination I like if I run... That combination of um, well, I think Dunkley, I'm doing no matter what, and it's just a matter of if McRae. I'm not. It scares me to not have him, but then when I have him, it's like, fuck, it's a lot of money. Like yeah. it's it's almost like the only person I can realistically see myself doing here is Lockie Neal down to McRae, and it's almost like, fucking, do you want to do that? Because you talk about someone who might be a little overpriced, then you know McRae, sure he could drop fifty, but Lockie Neal could drop a hundred. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, well, then if I pay for the price point, surely McRae at some point, oh, sorry, Neil at some point would have lost more money than McRae would have. Yeah, well, it, it just not, fucking throws it into the area. again. not carrying a calf into the season either, are they? Yeah, literally, it's 
fuck, it's a, but one also doesn't have like 150 average in the first six games the last two years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck, it's hard. Yeah. Well, I find it really hard. Someone will probably this. start none of them and absolutely dominate the season. You know what I want? I, I just want to see the dogs game, but I want to see it with Trelaw not injured, which we're not going to get to see. Yeah. And that's yeah. the sucky thing about his injury. We're not going to get to see that one game. And, you know, these. These lineups that they put out or the way they play the game isn't necessarily how they would have done it in round one, but it's some sort of indication. Is there, is there, now, this is going to be bizarre, but we know what Trelaw's like. We know how bad his injury history is. And it, it, it's never a one-weeker with Trelaw either. They're always like multiple. Is there a way that this season, that Trelaw is just out for, you know, over 50% of it and we should just be ignoring it? You reckon just send him to the fucking Gold Coast? Oh, fuck, they should have. <laughs> like, is that just, is that, is that a fact, like, that we're thinking way too much about this Trelaw situation? And yeah, that I think we can overthink things. going to be fucking injured for the whole year anyway. I think we can overthink things, because the more midfield depth you have, I mean, and I know we talk about, you know, there's points kind of within the team, and they have to be shared around the team. Don't forget... It's shared with the opposition you play as well. So the inclusion of Trelaw, who might score 95 to 105 points on average a week, those points aren't all going to be taken from Bulldogs players. No. He's probably pulling some away from the opposition as well. So is he only taking 50 points from his five midfield besties in there, which is, what, 10 points a game? Yeah, here or there? You know, is he taking it from them as well, or is he taking it elsewhere? Like scaling still kicks into... Scaling and then someone that would have played that now isn't playing. I just wonder, is it only three or four points a game? And if it is only three or four points a game, do you pay six fifty for McRae who's going to average 118? Yeah. I think you do. Yeah. And I mean... Even if it's 115 with McRae. Yeah. It's I said to you right now, 22 games, 115, Take Jack it. McRae, 650. You're starting him? Yeah. Yeah, so would I. Yeah, and he's gone down eight points in average. And I think that's it's steep. funny. It's funny because we're talking drop. we're talking about Clayton Oliver, and I'm like, yeah, I know I'm getting a baseline one ten with Clayton Oliver. It's like I, I think I'm getting that with McRae. Here's the other thing: he's that good of a play. There's there's no guarantee he's even going to that wing. Mate, they yeah, can say round one, McRae. This is still your team, mate. Go to the guts and dominate. I, I think he's just the. I mean, when we talk about flexibility, he's got the flexibility within him. But then, do you sacrifice flexibility within the center square just to push him to the to the outside? Because McRae's got a good balance between in and out, I think. He gets a lot of uncontested footy, but certainly tackles and wins enough contested footy his own to sort of remain relevant on the inside. So are they comfortable, uh, and they, by they, I mean the dogs, are the dogs comfortable um, shifting the balance of one player who's who's got a balance between both to put in a player who only does maybe one of those things in there? What's his ownership? Um, McRae. Mm. One sec, mate. And then not to forget, like, don't forget that you'd 13. have... 13. You'd have Jack and Flynn McRae, so you'd be flying. That is true. You'd have the McRae brothers here. Don't it? Yeah, 13%. <sighs> it's low. Yeah, it is. For someone who's gone 123 years in a row, like, there's fucking some reservations in here, isn't there? Like, we know that. Like, the the sort of the players picked around his ownership and 13%, you, you're going to start pissing yourself on a reel off some of these names. Five's at 15. Oh. Taranto's at 15. Jack Steele's 16. 
Tom Mitchell, 12. So you're telling me more people have Jack Steele and McRae. Yeah. Petrarca, 11. Sam Walsh, 9, which is about 91% unders. Yeah. Um, they're the players in and around his mark that are midfield. Cunnington, 15. Did I say Heppel? Heppel's at 14. Like, you put McRae against any one of those players and you say, well, who's the one averaging the most? You say McRae here, don't you? You know what's going to become interesting? Imagine when we do our top 10. Yeah. Yeah, and you know when we have McRae at, like, number one or two. Well, this is the thing. I'm not, taking, I'm not taking him out of the top f- probably four. No, I'm probably not either. So why am I, like, I don't understand why, why we're not starting and justify not having him. No, you know what? Fuck it, he's in, Corey. I'm going to find the way and I'm bringing him in. Yeah, we're literally <laughs> sitting here having this conversation now. I, I think I'm going to do the same. <laughs> it's a very good point you made there at the end, Corey. Why are we contemplating not starting him if we think he's in the top four averaging midfielders for the season. It's easy for me too because i got Jordan Clark there so I can Oh, yeah. I think the only way I can do it is by fucking off Lockie Neal. But then how do I trade one player out in the top four for the other one? Fuck, that's going to haunt me now, that kind of decision. You'd almost have to go 150k. But fuck if Neal pops. I'm going to have to fuck off. Imagine how hard it is to get Neal if he starts popping the 150s. No, you have to. You just have to wait then, don't you? Oh, you almost have to say goodbye to that boat. And the thing with Neil is he's owned by a lot of fucking teams, 50, over one in two, 51%. Yeah, fuck, it's interesting. It's a tough fucking conversation. I think the only way I might be able to do it is Walsh, but fucking I've had to find money for Gorn and Grundy. I had to find money for Jake Lloyd. I've fucking got Neil sitting there. Where the fuck am I going to pull another 100 grand? <laughs> Seriously, though. Uh... I need to run out at some point. Hey, you know, before when I said, could I borrow 100 grand? Could I borrow 100 grand, Corey? Yeah, Might that, just like, you know, get Walsh up. But fucking Walsh is a beast. He's probably going to out-average McRae. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And I can't get rid of Rao because Rao's number one. So. Oh, you could easily get rid of Rao. No, no way. He's number one, bro. <laughs> oh, no. You mean my friend, not bro. We're friends, sorry, not bros. Sorry. Um, yeah. I Wrap it up. The, I bought it the oh. chug before. It made me laugh. What do you mean you bought him in? For the first time? Yeah, I didn't have... Oh, no, I had I had Fifey down back instead of the Chug. What? I know. I've only been know. banging on about this guy for weeks. I know, I know, I know. His nickname is literally hashtag Chug for Elites, yeah, and you fucking don't even have him in your team. Well, I, th- I think I thought I had him. <laughs> and I just didn't have him there, so I switched oh, it over. No. Just, I'll switch across to my team. Actually, I've been meaning to, and when I, when I have a couple of bevs next, I'm just going to get a picture of Chug, and I'm just going to whack him on, on one of my, my stubbies, and I'm just going to start spamming the Discord with photos of fucking Chug on these drinks, and then... Hopefully nick him, and I'll literally chug for release and see if we can get that trending in the in the Patreon. What do you reckon? Such a good head for Chuggy. <laughs> I haven't seen it, actually. Such a Tasmanian. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Is he Ranger? He's not far off it. <laughs> he's a, he's a it's, real uh, Mr. Kasim then style. It's, it's a very, <laughs> very, very strawberry blonde. That's very <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, wrap it up. Wrap it up, mate. Wrap it up, my friend. Um. Did we do our outland? Yeah, we done our outlandish statement, didn't we? And then we went to wrap it up, and you started fucking rambling on again. All right, Elitists, on behalf of Bonds, myself, and the Patreons at patreon.com forward slash Elite. Peace out, community. Thank you for listening.